1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
2: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 8th, 2020. My name is Phil Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. I hope you all had a very happy Labor Day. We're able to celebrate uh, in a socially distant manner. You know, we don't, definitely don't want to see another spike like we did after July 4th. Um, but I hope everyone was able to enjoy the day off, uh, reflect on all the gains that we've made in, in labor. Uh, that's certainly certainly at the forefront in the NBA conversation as well. You, of course, find me on Twitter at underscore MD, And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Just like always, I would also lo- like to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Search and grab your download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with a detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Boston Celtics' big win over the Toronto Raptors? Check out Locked On Celtics. How about that battle between the LA Clippers and and Denver Nuggets, locked on Clippers, and locked on Nuggets. Have you handled there? Don't worry, Sean. I didn't forget about you. You can also check out Locked On Raptors with the Raptors' perspective of their loss. But I'm, I'm sure that's just going to be a ball of depression. Still, still, serious guys. Don't you know? You're still the champs. Don't, don't, don't worry about things quite yet. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too. There's a Locked On podcast for you. to search every Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, see I'm a little out of practice too. You can tell my voice is a lot better now. I am feeling significantly better than I was over the weekend. Um, you know, just hoping I could soldier through whatever whatever I was dealing with. Knew it wasn't the big thing, so, or I felt like it wasn't the big thing. Um, so obviously I'm... I'm my voice is a lot better now. I did a radio, I did a podcast hit as well, and my voice was cracking like crazy. But here I am, uh, survived my first weekend of NBA Two K Twenty One. I could maybe share my thoughts on that a little bit later on in the show. But the plan for today's episode, um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the twenty nineteen, the twenty twenty season, and how it compares to the twenty nineteen season, especially one of the narratives that uh, the front office has been putting out there, and also talk about the big acquisition that the Magic have already made or likely to already make, um, that could be helping the team out next season. We'll talk more about uh, off-season plans as the week goes on. I do have some thoughts from conversations that I had with people online uh, about that. Plus, we'll begin player evaluations this week, too. We'll talk about uh, at least Evan Fournier later on this week, probably Markel Fultz as well as we start to kind of break down the 2020 season and look ahead to the 2021 season. But the first place I want to start today is with news that came down Friday night. Uh, News that took everyone by surprise uh, from everything that I've heard and is really, frankly, just a a punch to the gut and a huge shock to the system. You know, yes, these are multi-million dollar businesses with billionaire owners, but they're still businesses at the end of the day, too. And... There is very little revenue going into the Orlando Magic. Uh, they actually, you know, as much as any team, actually, the Magic were probably hurt most by the hiatus uh, that that the pandemic created. Um, you know, we'll talk about the nine games that were taken off the Magic schedule, but the Magic were set to play a very home-heavy March, uh, and for a small market franchise, that you know, I wouldn't say they rely wholly on gate, and and certainly, um, that's not the main revenue generator for the league itself. But for a team like the Magic, the gate that you get from home games, and especially the gate that you get from the playoffs, again, you can say what you want about getting into the playoff rinker, but the gate that that these teams get from playoff, from being in the playoffs and, and going deep in the playoffs, Magic wouldn't have gone deep, but they would have gotten at least two home games. That's a huge deal. That's a big, big that's that's essentially bonus money for for a team like the magic and yes the magic's payroll is quite high and and you know they're they're not immune to the shocks of the system that the pandemic has created the magic already had announced a lot of layoffs including of John Denton, you know, friend friend of mine and and you know although he has never been on the show, a friend of the show um it, the longtime writer for OrlandoMagic.com. He previously covered the Magic for Florida Today. He is, you know, he has been an invaluable resource for me as, as we talk about the Magic uh, and and just, you know, kind of hear the stories that I may not have heard from just being a fan uh, about teams in the past, um, you know, and the teams that, that he's covered. Um, it, Seeing that, seeing John, uh, you know, not covering the Magic during the playoffs was frankly shocking because it's, He's essentially covered the Magic every year since I think ninety three, ninety four, ninety you know early 90s since Shaq was here. He's he's been a longtime reporter on the Orlando Magic and, and someone that you know you can turn to for Magic information. And, and you know while he was writing for the team, that was a punch in the gut. Um, that that I, I I ultimately Magic fans lose because John Denton is not covering the team. Uh, that is that is the honest truth. But the Magic fans lose again here too. Because on Friday, the Orlando Magic announced that they had let go their entire radio broadcast crew. Richie Adubato, Dennis Newman, Joey Colum, the Spanish broadcaster. All will not be broadcasting Magic games, at least for the time being, next season. According to, the, according to Josh Robbins of The Athletic, the Magic's plan is to simulcast their television broadcast on radio, which personally I think is a huge mistake. Yes, video killed the radio star, as it were. I don't know how many people still listen to games on the radio. You know, I certainly do when I'm in the car. When I was in college and I couldn't afford NBA League Pass and the streaming certainly wasn't set up to have NBA League Pass, NBA Audio League Pass, which was free at the time, was the way that I stayed connected to the Orlando Magic, you know, if there's a, if there's a fallow period in my Magic knowledge or an area where my Magic knowledge isn't great, mostly well, early years because I was like one or two years old, um, but it's that you know that 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 early Dwight Howard period, you know, 2000, the 2007 season uh, through the through honestly even the 2009 season, uh, I was not watching every game. I didn't know how to legally stream stuff yet, and so I was listening to every game while doing schoolwork on the radio essentially with Dennis Newman. Dennis Newman has been with the Magic for 23 years I believe. He took over for David Steele when David Steele moved to move from the radio broadcast to the television broadcast. That Jeff Turner got his start on radio sitting next to Dennis Newman. Richie Adubato, although not traveling with the team anymore was still a Great voice, and again, a great repository of magic information on top of everything else. A great character, too. They they ran a great broadcast. If you've ever listened to the Magic's radio broadcast, I can say this with all honesty. When I was younger, and you know, my parents wouldn't always let me stay up late enough to watch magic magic games. You know, nine. You know, when you're not, when you're younger. You know, nine thirty is is past your bedtime. I can say with all honesty that Dennis Newman's voice was one of the voices that I fell asleep to in my childhood. You know, not, that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that as an insult that he put me to sleep. It is, it is that, you know, I, I, I had to go to bed. I had school in the morning. But to say, to say the least, Dennis Newman is an institution for Magic fans. For a lot of Magic fans, it is his voice that resonates as the voice of the Magic. Him and David Steele. You know, I, I, and I'm a Chip Carey fan. I loved Chip Carey in the early years. But him and David Steele are the quintessential voices of the Magic. When, when the Magic won the Eastern Conference Finals in 2009, it was Dennis Newman's call that said, Can you show us the way to California? That's going to be there forever. And it's, to me, it's just, sad that he won't be calling Magic games next year. To those that still listen on the radio, it's it's a terrible loss. And honestly, I think Magic fans lose the most out of this. Um, I get it. There are business decisions to be made. I am not necessarily judging the Magic because, you know, I... You know, I don't know. I don't know what the, the separation is between the DeVos family and the Magic, as far as how much, how independent the Magic run as a business, how much they get from, you know, how much you know money ownership gives to kind of prop them up, or, or so to speak. Um, and I get that we're in the middle of a pandemic where businesses are doing haircuts and trying to trim the fat where they can just to kind of stay afloat. I don't think the Magic are in trouble of going bankrupt or going under. So you know, again, these questions are legitimate to ask why, um, and I, 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 but I personally think that the Magic are doing a disservice to their fans here. That they are, you know, again, David Steele's fantastic, Jeff Turner. You know, I think the Magic broadcast is one of the best broadcasts in the league, but it is not a radio broadcast. And Dennis Newman, honestly, like, I, you know, I, I was the kid. Who would sit down and broadcast games to myself? I do that when I'm playing video games, actually. And Dennis Newman, the way he broadcasts a, a radio, a, a, a basketball game, you know, very much influenced my, influenced my style when I would practice and try these things out. Very, he's very conversational. So if you never listened to a Dennis Newman broadcast, I'm, I'm sorry that, that you missed out on that again I, I think the mad i think magic fans lose most on this so i wanted to take a little bit of time i'm always wondering how much time we should spend on media stuff cuz i think i think to a certain extent media news is stuff that's only of interest to media people maybe fans don't always notice this stuff but dennis newman was dennis newman was a, was a damn institution and you know, I'm sure the magic took care of him, you know, from from everything that I understand, it was very sudden um, that, that it caught uh, everyone by surprise, certainly caught the fan base by surprise. Um But this this just sucks. Um I, I I I can't say it any other way. And unfortunately I think magic fans lose the most out of this. Before we move on, before we move on, we're all sitting at home. You know, we all just finished Labor Day, you know, so we probably have a few leftovers from the, from the socially distant cookout that we had. You know, maybe not as much as we normally would, but, you know, we, we don't want to cook for a little while. I, I don't blame you. I cook maybe once a week for, you know, to, to give, me, give me some leftovers for the week, but leftovers for the week uh, and, and then and then the rest of the time. You know, I don't want to touch my stove. I don't want to touch. I certainly don't want to touch my microwave. The one thing I hate is microwave food and and I stomach it when I have to. But man, does that get boring. Liven things up then by ordering from your favorite restaurants without leaving the house. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With more than 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory has everything. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Again, they're contactless now to keep the communities they operate in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash.
1: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four-fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
0: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said,
2: done. And, you know, it's... The way this season turned out for the Orlando Magic was certainly a disappointment. Magic going 33 and 40, and finishing the year um, as the eighth seed instead of the seventh seed. Um, you know, I, I, a big thing that we've talked about is just the stagnation of the season, if not the outright step back the Magic took. The bubble was weird. You know, I I I I still don't quite know what to make of what we saw in the bubble. We saw so many injuries. We saw so many so many things that that just seemed a little out of place. And of course the Magic were playing their very best basketball of the season uh, as the season went on break or as the season went to hiatus because of the pandemic. It's it's hard to sit here. It's hard to sit here and say... You know, it, it's, it, it's hard to sit here and say definitively what would have happened had the season gone on as planned. Obviously, we can't go back and change that. The season is what it is. The Magic finished eighth; they were thirty-three and forty, and that's just how things go. You know, you don't want to take everything you believe in the bubble as gospel, but certainly, certainly, it was it was different, and I don't think that's how the season would have ended. I think if the if the season had gone as scheduled. The Magic would have been the seven seed, and that would have been that. They would have lost to Toronto probably in four games, if not five, and that would be that. So ultimately, the results are not different. But one thing that stood out among Steve Clifford and Jeff Weltman's media availability, and something that the Magic do seem to be putting value on as they make their analysis and as they break down this season, is their belief that had the season finished as scheduled, they were about to put go on a run similar to what they did in 2019. That's That similar run to get themselves in the playoffs and get to 500, get to 42 and 40. There is something to that. Eight of the Magic's next 10 games were at the Amway Center. Nine of the Magic's next 11 were against teams with losing records. And I believe seven of the next nine, or no, uh, seven of the next ten were against non playoff teams. The Magic were coming off a three and one road trip where they were playing their best basketball of the season, going up against the teams that they feasted on all year, won most, uh, almost all of their games against teams with records below 500. And they were about to do it all at home. That does feel like the recipe for a nice run. Magic, of course, went three and five inside the bubble, all three of those wins coming against teams with records below 500. And their win percentage, their 33 and 40 win percentage, would get would make them a 37 win team. So again, 37 wins, you threw nine games out, seven of those nine, We're against teams with losing records. Does it feel impossible that they could have gotten to 40 wins? I think that would have been the upper bound. Uh, I don't think it was impossible for them to do that. But I'm not going to sit here and say that that's what they would have done. Again, they're at 33 wins as things stand. If we assume that the bubble results were would be how things played out in real life or as the season resumed, the Magic would have to find seven, you know, seven more wins of those nine games, go so 7 and 2 to get to 40 wins. If statistics hold, they would have been projected to win 5 of their 7 games against teams with losing records. And let's go ahead and just not count the games against Indiana and Boston, say they would lose both those games. That gets them to 38. So do, could the Magic maybe take a game from Indiana, take a game from Boston? Depends. Because as as easy as the front end of that schedule was, the back end was going to be very difficult. Magic played, I think, five of their last seven on the road and the two home games were Indiana and Boston. Not easy by any stretch of the imagination. Teams that the Magic really struggled with this year, although they played well against Boston inside the bubble. This is all to say that, yes, 37 to 38 wins sounds about right. In fact, according to... Statistical models like the Pythagorean win formula that, that basketball reference has. The Magic should have won 34 games this year with their statistical profile. With the number of games that they played. So they finished below expectations. And I think that's ultimately how we have to judge the season. So yes... Do I think the Magic would have finished 7th if the season had finished out as as scheduled? Yes, I, I absolutely believe that. Would they have gotten to a level where we could say, well, it's you know really the difference between last year's 42-win season and this year's 39-40-win season were injuries? I am not 100% sure we can get there. I do think that the stats show both the way the Magic's defense was not as strong as it was last year, and the offense certainly was not anywhere near where it was. The Magic last year had a had a net rating of plus 1.9 points per to possessions. This year it was minus 0.9. They were exactly the team they were on paper. Their win total is exactly who this team was. A team that was good enough to beat the bad teams. Good enough to kind of tread water and fight a little bit to get to 500, but not a 500 team. And that's ultimately the story of the season. I appreciate the optimism from Jeff Weltman and Steve Clifford. I, I'm an optimist too. But I'm going to follow the numbers here. The 2020 team was nowhere near where the 2019 team was. Yes, they had that same identical 21-30 and 30 record at the end of January. They both went through immense struggle. And difficulty through the first three months of the season, they both started to catch fire at the right moment and make their playoff run. But, but while certainly the twenty nineteen team nineteen team made that run, the twenty twenty was kind of robbed of that run. The twenty nineteen team was far ahead. They were the better team, and I think it is difficult to say that the twenty twenty team was going to make that kind of run again. Before we get to this final segment of the show, we need a little energy boost. We need that little bit of kick to get us to the finish line. No matter what your finish line is, whether it's the end of a podcast, whether it's getting through the rest of your day at work, or just get, or just supplementing you to get to the end of that workout, you need the, you need the protein and the nutrients to get you there. I am relatively new to the protein bar game, and I can tell you that Built Bar is my answer to get me in that game a little bit more. Built Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors. They all taste like candy bars too, like cookies and cream. That's in my next order that I have on its way. Plus the original flavors like German chocolate, which is very good. Double chocolate, which is very good. And peanut butter brownie, which I assume is pretty good. Because peanut butter and brownies are usually good, I don't know if they work together, but hey, it works for Reese's. Built bars are covered in 100% cho- chocolate and soft and easy to chew. They are the health—they are the healthy snack for the health-conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for keto diets. Check out the flavor profile on the cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You will not believe how few few of those things are in these bars when you bite into them. Trust me, they're fantastic. Check out Built Bar now at builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. I actually use that promo code. It works. It's worth it. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at builtbar.com. So, a lot of the hand-wringing, a lot of the discussions that I've had with Magic fans over the last few days, really the last week since the Magic were officially eliminated from the playoffs, have centered on new player acquisitions. What are the Magic going to do to fill their needs? What are the Magic going to do to advance this team forward? And I'm a little bit bullish that they'll be able to pull off a, a, a major trade that will bring in the kind of score that I think a lot of people are hoping for. Um, you know, I do think the draft is a potential avenue to trade up, but I'm not a fan of this draft, especially at the top, so I'm skeptical that that will solve the Magic's problems. I do kind of see this offseason perhaps as a chance to clear their salary sheets a little bit, um, and it would not surprise me if that kind of move is in the offing. Um, certainly, I, I I feel that Evan Fournier will have his highest trade value at the trade deadline rather than... In the off season. and again, Fournier has a lot of power over what happens there too with this player option this year. This is to say that I don't think that this will be a blockbuster summer. Although I think Orlando will certainly make at least one deal, one deal involving a starter caliber player. Um, but I don't think that they're going to go get Zach Levine. I don't think you know, obviously not going to get Bradley Beal. I don't even think they're going to go get the second overall pick. So the question then that I think a lot of people will have is how do the Magic turn this roster over? And again, that to me is something that we will explore uh, in the coming weeks. We got a lot of time before free agency, be- well, not a lot of time, but we do have time before free agency begins uh, to dive into the offseason. I want to spend more of this early, this like September time, the next few weeks, kind of just recapping the 2020 season, putting a bow on it before we dive into what's coming in 2021. I will have thoughts as things pop up. Probably have some thoughts coming up on, to, on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic about that. But one thing that is clear is the Orlando Magic already have a new player in the fold. You know, a lot of people ask, you know, who will be new? Who's going to make an impact? Well, the Magic already have money, or not money, but they already have time invested in a new player. player that they are very excited about. Might remember that last year in the draft, the Orlando Magic drafted Chuma Okiki out of Auburn. Averaged twelve points per game, f- about five rebounds per game, shot a fairly efficient number. You know, uh, still sub forty-three point shooter, but a, but was was growing in that department. Had a breakout NCAA tournament, and then tore his ACL in the in the Sweet Sixteen against North Carolina. His Auburn Tigers went on to win that game, win their next game, and go to their first ever. Final Four. The story that the Magic would have you believe is that Chuma Okiki was someone that would have gone in the top 10 had he not been hurt. And indeed, he does have that talent. He has that athleticism. He has that kind of defensive mindset that the Magic like. And he's not a bad offensive player. Is he going to go out there and score a ton of points? No. You know, is he going to be a dominant ball handler or scorer? I, I don't think that's quite him yet. Maybe it will be, maybe maybe it won't be, but he is very much in the vein of other Magic picks. They took a guy that they felt was very talented, that was the best player on their board, and a guy that they feel like can fit into this roster that had already made a playoffs. This was a little bit of a swing, because the Magic could afford to be patient with his injury. And in fact, Orlando ended up deferring his rookie year, having him rehab with the Lakeland Magic this season. Yes, it is true that by the time the Orlando Magic season starts, Chuma Okiki will have gone nearly two years without playing competitive basketball. Two years. If the season starts in February, it will have been 23 months since Okiki's last action. And he has essentially all but recovered from the injury. Jeff Waltman said on his call last week that... Okiki is in the final phase of his rehab. But of course, that final phase is playing five-on-five. Five, is playing three-on-three. Three. It's actually playing basketball, which teams are not allowed to do right now within their training facilities. The only five-on-five on five basketball that can be played is within the bubble. NBA is still apparently clarifying and working on those off-season protocols for workouts But for now, it seems to remain that one player, one coach, one basket type deal, only individual workouts inside the training facilities. But the Magic are still very high on Okiki. They love his personality. Every report that you've gotten, that that I've read about him from Lakeland, says he is a great teammate, and guys are really excited to have him around. Magic players, a few Magic players already have a little bit of a relationship with him. And they seem excited for him, too. Make no mistake about it, this is a rookie, especially a guy who hasn't played in such a long time, who is going to have to learn the NBA and going to have to kind of relearn how to play again. With torn ACLs, it is usually a full year to recover and then another year to get back to 100% health. He's still going to be managed a little bit this coming season. But the Magic drafted him for a reason. They think he will be a big part of their future, at least as a role player, as a contributing player on the team. And they have no reason not to think that. Okiki does seem like a guy who will fit right in. So as we're looking for new players for the Magic and looking for ways to flip this roster over, we don't have to look very far. Yes, the Magic will have their own draft pick coming up, but they already have one in the fold or at least plan to be in the fold. He hasn't signed his contract yet because the season hasn't started. And that is a good thing. I think Okiki will be a contributor next season. I think that he will probably slot in as the backup small forward, backup power forward uh, for the start of the season and perhaps play his way in to do a little bit more. Because he's a guy that fits what this team does. Yes? He is not a knockdown shooter, but he is an adequate shooter. And that's at least a start. So, yes, the Magic already have one of their offseason acquisitions. They're already very excited for him. And, of course, we'll just have to wait and see what he can do when the season begins. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. you're tuning in, like Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We've already got a couple of our 2020 player evaluations up on the site. Evan Fournier, Alfred Camino, We'll have Marco Fultz up on the site on Tuesday as well. Lots of good stuff as we're breaking down the Orlando Magic's 2020 season. But I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is Philip from Mike. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked